Well, here we are. And are you on lockdown? Uh, not yet. Not technically. I think it's coming. I think it's coming very soon. Uh, yeah. But we are on a recommended... We're still doing the social distancing thing. I don't know of many places that are like officially, officially locked down. Well, as of today, as we're recording, this is the 20th of March. This morning, I think the state of California is on complete lockdown. Really? Oof. Yeah. I think the entire state, I think the governor announced yesterday that the entire state is on lockdown. Wow. I, well, <clears throat> so part of the problem is I've, I've not, I've been trying to not do Twitter as, as much. <laughs> yeah. I need to get away from it. It's, I'm oversaturated. Um, so I don't know. That's usually where I get my updates. So I don't know. I don't know. I got to tell you, man, it's probably for the best to stay away. I'm finding myself like, so when I started Lent, Lent became uh, about like I gave up some social media stuff just to unsaturate a little bit with the media content. Yeah. But then once the, the virus uh, news started overtaking everything, like what little social media I left in my life became so saturated by this news that I'm yeah I'm wanting to get off of Twitter completely like yeah you know I I get that I, I, I'm thinking about doing something very similar but I will say that you know in times like this I think it may be important that you that you're not completely cut off right well for your safety for sure because <laughs> well for well yeah but I mean you're in isolation you're in quarantine are you just gonna well I mean I guess you could just go on retreat <laughs> yeah yeah well so yeah and things are changing every day so it's it's hard to right in your case you're in the states and the states things are like ratcheting up quickly yeah um, oh yeah i'm still in spain as we were recording this and uh here <laughs> we've been in quarantine for about a week and uh yeah i mean the, the news here is very quiet just because there's nothing going on um Everyone countrywide is on lockdown. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Spain is in a bad place yeah. with this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, as we're recording, Spain has had how many deaths? Something in the 700? I don't know. What's your YouTube thing say? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot. And anyway, but in my experience, the only solution to this whole thing is quarantine. Um, yeah. Anyway, so how are, uh, how are you doing? Just to catch up really quick. We don't have a lot of time to record because... I just got some news where I'm having to change a lot of my quarantine behavior. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be flying back to the U.S. in the in the in the, in the middle of my quarantine. Uh, so <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna be quarantined when I land. But yeah, I just got news that under obedience, I need to go back to the states. <clears throat> go back to the states, which is fine, totally fine. Um, I'm gonna be in quarantine anyway. So um, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's hard news, man. Totally hard news. How are you? Uh, you know, okay. It's we're still trying to figure this whole thing out, you know. And as as the restrictions increase, you know, it's going to be more and more. What do we do in terms of our video ministry, our new video ministry? Um, last week, I produced a mass video for Sunday. Yeah. Um. And we can decide whether or not we want to talk about that whole thing. <laughs> uh, but it was using a lot of a lot of our uh, lay ministers, a lot of our our lectors and music ministry. And so, is that going to be a thing that's possible? It may just be me and the pastor. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
uh yeah and it's it's just weird like we're you know we're not and it just snowed so that makes it even worse so like we're now in the frozen wasteland as well as the zombie apocalypse (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh goodness 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 uh yeah yeah it's scary you know and it's and it's not there's no end in sight Mm -hmm. as far as i know Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm okay with this becoming a new normal, and I <laughs> hope that, you know, the quarantine is not going to be permanent, but yeah, we're all having to make adjustments, man. Like, my, my master's program, like, we've been online for the last couple of weeks, which is fine, but I just got the news that I'm leaving, so what am I going to do for my defense of my thesis and all that? So I'm going to have to be very yeah. creative and see if the university will give me give me a... Stay online. Well, if the university was willing, well, is willing to do that, you know? I can't imagine they would, even for the people that are still in quarantine, that they would have them come in for a personal defense. No, I, yeah, you can't. You can't do it. Um, so anyway, I'm just trying to roll with it. I think if this had happened last year, I probably it probably would have broken me. But I, yeah, I feel a little bit more flexible than I used to be. So I think it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I just had, I had a phone call with my parents just to make sure that they're doing all right and that they have what they need. And um, yeah, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't have a lot going on. I mean, I've been in quarantine, so not much to, <laughs> to really update you on. I've been trying to, oh, I've been trying man. to moderate my media intake as much as possible and try to do work. Yeah. But I, I told you, I got to tell you that like doing work is an easy thing to oversaturate myself with also. Like I got to kind of mm-hmm. pace myself. Um, yeah, well, you got to have those, uh, uh, hobbies and things to, to get your mind off things. I listened to a lot of an audiobook yesterday. Really? How much? Let me see if I can pull up the actual number. <laughs> I had a hard time getting to sleep yesterday because uh-huh. I took a nap, which is terrible. I, I should never take naps. Hmm. Then don't move to Spain. Um, yeah. So I was up late. I was like, well, I might as well just listen. Uh, all right. Opening up the Audible app. Me. Today. Let's see. Hours daily. <laughs> Yesterday was eight hours and 48 minutes. Of one book? <laughs> wow. That's good. Well, yeah, this is a 40-hour book. So, <laughs> Tell me about it. Is it any good? Do you recommend it? Oh, it's so good, yeah. What's it about? It's, this is the one. Um, it's called The Way of Kings by Brandon. People are out there screaming that I don't know this guy's name. Brandon Sanderson. Um. It's super long. I bought the paperback version weeks ago and got about 150, 200 pages in uh-huh. and realized I really don't like reading <laughs> books made of books made of paper. Full stop. I just, so, <laughs> I really, I just really don't like reading. Yeah, it's bad. It was so bad. Like, I'm kind of surprised I made it as far in as I did. And so I had to wait a couple more days before my Audible credit was available. And then when it was, I picked up the audiobook <laughs> i gotta tell you i've done that before where i have the physical book and the audiobook and i go back and forth have you done that yeah i tried that it's just i can't i can't read that thing is it like it, it's too thick it's, the book is it's so thick yeah you, it's uncomfortable to hold and it's hard to read actually it's physically hard to read because mm-hmm. it's yeah right right uh and i did try to I'm, i remember you at one point talking about listening and reading at the same time mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know what it is. I, maybe I just couldn't find the right speed to set the reading at, but right. it was hard It was hard to do. Oh, yeah. So I do that when, 
like the best scenario for that is when you're so when you have a Kindle book uh-huh. and the audio book and you're eating. Yeah. Like if you're eating and you want to keep reading, so it's a very specific. It's a very specific scenario wherein that works. Uh, yeah, um, eating. So like, I found myself wanting to read while I ate, but I couldn't dedicate one hand to to that, and then I couldn't leave my iPad with the Kindle app open in front of me and like keep yeah. looking up and down, and so reading it while well, they have that feature on the Kindle app. What do they call it? Like, where you hit the little, um, the little headphone icon, uh-huh. and it reads it to and you. And I'll start reading. Well, if you've got the audiobook, exactly. That's it. That's it. So if you don't have the audiobook through the Kindle app, does it automatically turn the pages for you as well when it moves on? Well, so I wasn't doing the like the inner integrated audiobook. I was doing my audiobook and uh, Audible and my Kindle book and Kindle. Um, uh, so I was I having to turn the page, but. Yeah, I have the audiobook. I think I have to go back and look for the Lord of the, uh, for the Silmarillion, mm. and so I'll do that because I like to listen to because nobody knows how to pronounce those names. So yeah, yeah, the reader's <laughs> best guess is going to be my best mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun with this book. It's a it's like one of these high fantasy, really odd, epic books about just a alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the names are really weird and, uh, like I'm, it's kind of funny. I I got about from what the, from what the app told me about eight hours in just reading from paper. Wow. And so when I started listening, I was like, who is that? (laughs) Cause he was saying their their names differently than I was reading them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's funny when you go back and you try and see how long it takes to read what you've already read. And it's like, wait a minute, yeah. eight hours. Like, there are audiobooks that are like an hour and a half long. And it's like, wait a minute, I could have read six of those, <laughs> you know, if with the amount of reading that I've done already in this one book. It's pretty incredible. Are you reading any books? You got to do something for fun, man. Oh, yeah. Fun is not really my area of expertise. I, I struggle with fun. So for fun right now, I'm writing my thesis. <laughs> That's uh, not fun. Uh, and I have a book on the spirituality of priesthood, um, uh-huh. which also, I guess, isn't really fun. Um, no. So that's spiritual reading. Yeah, I'm not really doing any fun reading right now. I Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been... Actually, Are... go ahead. <laughs> Are you in the same country as your saxophone? I am not. Ooh... Yeah, that's a problem. Well, I had no ha- extra, like I had no hands when I came to Spain. <laughs> you have no hands. When I came to Spain, I had no hands. So I. Say more about that. Well, no, I I had a backpack and I had two suitcases, and so I had no extra hands. Uh-huh. You know. Um, okay. <laughs> and so, is there a better way of saying that? Um, and so it's probably, and so I couldn't bring it probably. Um, and so I left it at my folks place and anyway, yeah, you need that. Yeah. I, you know what I should do? I like music. I should probably learn a different instrument because I, hmm. I love the saxophone very much and it's my first love, but I got to tell you, it's the most impractical instrument <laughs> because yeah. I have to carry it with me everywhere I go. 
Um, it's not readily available in just some random sacristy like a guitar would be or an organ or a piano. Um, yeah. And also, it's not one that you can really play like in in a way that's that's quick and easy. Like at, like <laughs> at a piano, like you sit down and you play and whatever. It's like you go away and you turn the volume down if it's electric. With saxophone, it's like super loud and you're not really playing a... Are there no saxophone mutes? There are not, no. Like for a trumpet? There are not. The reason is because a trumpet only has one like one hole where the where the <laughs> sound comes out of so you can uh-huh. mute it there with the saxophone uh-huh. there are about 13 different holes oh, it's not it's not the horn no so the bell at the very bottom which is the big circle that big circle that is the iconic image of the saxophone that big circle at the end that one is where the sound a lot of the sound will come the out of the big circle at the end yeah so a lot of the sound will come out of that but if you want all of the sound to come out of that, you got to close all of the other holes. Um, mm. Like the sound is coming out of the the entire instrument. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's also difficult with the saxophone because you have to like you're not playing like a song. You're playing like I don't know. It's hard, kind of hard to explain. It's like one note at a time. Like with a guitar, yeah. You play chords and you can make melodies and harmonies and. Anyway. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's this fellow named a philosopher Gilson Etienne Gilson who wrote this book on uh, painting, but he also uses music as kind of an example of what reality actually is. And like music is especially and is, is an especially weird thing to think about. Oh, because you only really enjoy it in, as a memory. Hmm. Because you're only physically receiving sound waves and quite literally sometimes one note at a time. And so you have to listen to the thing right, and absorb all of the things going in. Well, why would you say it's different from a painting? Like in a painting, you're getting all of the, all the well, light s- is coming in your eye at once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's different from a painting because you, you're observing a thing and there's no thing to observe in a musical piece like you wouldn't look at the sheet music anybody that's not a musician that doesn't know how to read music i mean it may be aesthetically pleasing you know i'm sure old manuscripts of bach or whatever are aesthetically pleasing to look at mm-hmm. but beyond that and in, in terms of the music i don't know that they would make a lot of sense yeah. other than oh that's music right well even as a musician um, who can read music i look at a sheet of music and have no aesthetic experience yeah. like the, the music is like like it's if you're looking at computer code. If you're looking at computer code, right? There's nothing. Some people do find that beautiful, and again, there are certain patterns that can come up. I remember going to this talk with a city planner, um, who was showing us graphs and charts and things as basically as artwork, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of neat, you know, to think about these things in that way. Um, but again, it's it's not it's not the it's not the primary way of that these things communicate, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of cool about art that it can that it can do that. Yeah, totally. Um, so, like, if you can take that experience of time, like that's the difference between painting and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and music is time is involved in the experience. Um, though, actually, I was listening to Jordan Peterson recently, and he he said something really interesting about paintings that paintings, unlike photographs, and unlike um, like, uh, what is it, facsimiles of paintings um, and duplicates mm-hmm. of paintings. 
a painting it has layers and the layers communicate a sense of duration where yeah. you have time like you you had this wonderful video that you posted on your Instagram of a painting that you did and you showed the time lapse it's like there mm -hmm. are all these layers that are going into the painting and so you do have a sense of time but it's a time that you capture and not a time that you experience um, right and so like with music you can only experience it in time uh, and that's the biggest difference that you don't really experience a physical piece of art in time um, yeah well like where does music exist that's such a weird thing to think about <laughs> yeah it's because it's not a physical thing yeah it's vibrations it's vibrations of of <laughs> atoms and it's sound and it's all very strange like it starts getting really well, mathematical and, you know like yeah 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 and painting is a similar thing like even you know i do a lot of digital art and so that's a whole question where does it exist it, in a sense doesn't um but even when it's printed you've got individual particles that are coming together and components and elements and things that are coming together to form this thing so even if you make a print physically speaking it's still not the same as the one before it because it's on different stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um right right yeah so it's a weird thing to think about <laughs> so so here, here's something interesting so like with with us as human beings if you take like a traditional metaphysical approach and think about like form and matter and like you have the soul is the form of the body and the body is made up of material things and it's brought together in composition with the soul uh that kind yeah. of philosophy that kind of view of the world so you can think about like like with art you have in the mind of the artist you have the form that then is shaping the matter right that's shaping the matter into a sense into an image um which is kind of what you're saying you're pushing paint you're pushing atoms together you're pushing colors together whatever it might be through the medium you're informing the work of art mm -hmm. um literally yeah. informing it what's interesting with you yeah. is that the 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 matter that you use as a digital painter is light you're, you're actually a painter of light with light you know and so that's what i'm guessing is probably the closest analogy what is what is that instrument that you don't touch that you just move your hands around you don't touch you just move your hands around yeah it's like you're messing with the vibrations and it it's a really weird what is that i'm gonna look it up right now um, um yeah but like you're still influencing it so like you you influence right. But you're influencing the actual waves around it. Right. And in your case, you're influencing the pixels and the pixels. A theremin. A theremin? Theremin. Hmm. I'm going to send you a video of this. Uh, yeah. And it's. I wonder if there's a similarity there that the theremin, uh, that what you, what, so what a musical instrument like this does is it kind of gets the instrument out of the way and you're actually manipulating the vibrations with your hands hmm. and so and with my painting i kind of get the paint out of the way and mess with what we see from the light reflections off of these different pigments just that light yeah here's an interesting thing is that we talk about instruments as instruments and the, that that word itself implies that it's helping you experience something beyond it like it's it's instrumental in the process yeah. of experience. But also when you talk about physical paintings, you talk about the medium. So that's another one of these intermediary words where it's 
not the thing itself per se, but it's the means by which. Right, right. And so... Well, and you can, I mean, you. There, so there's a huge difference between looking at a picture of, of um, I don't know, the Mona Lisa or the, or the David sculpture than, than there is actually going to see them. Like there's an impact that you've got from going to see it the same way that there's a difference between hearing your favorite musical piece on on the computer versus going to see the band play it live yeah. or to go see the opera mm-hmm. or the musical. Mm-hmm. Like the experience of it changes the, well, the experience of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got to tell you, man, I know that we didn't, I mean, I don't necessarily want to open this topic up again, but this gets back to our whole debate about whether or not virtual mass is. Yeah, absolutely. Is a, absolutely. Is a thing that we should be advocating for. And granted, I don't want to say I don't appreciate it. It's just, I think it's interesting that there is... It's it, very interesting. And I think the important thing, um, especially talking about virtual mass and virtual sacraments, is to not think that this is just the same thing. Hmm. Like, we need to be aware of what it is mm-hmm. and what it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I hate to say it, it's not going to mass. Right. You can't receive absolution online. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are an incarnational people. <laughs> right. And so we have to have that personal contact. So it's almost like, I wonder if a lot of these things are on a spectrum and we keep we keep focusing in on different aspects of the spectrum, but if we try to zoom out a little bit and say, everything's on a spectrum of like degrees of incarnation. And yeah. like we we should seek, like the, the most significant experiences are those that we have like we're that are most human and the most human we are the more incarnated we are not the more like Mm -hmm. you know uh divorced from matter and so matter Mm -hmm. is important matter matters in that it gives us an experience of our physicality which helps us if we're well integrated with our soul and our body to experience ourselves you know um yeah and which is why like watching a concert via youtube is different from being there because my body is not really involved um, it's involved in a smaller way because my ears and my eyes are involved, um, but not in a fuller way. So like degrees of like fullness of experience of the incarnation, um, might matter in our conversations about the sacraments. It's like, it's a physical experience and the more removed we are from the physical encounter, the less of a maybe human experience it is, or less of a like spiritual experience it is for us because, it's supposed to be an incarnational experience of grace, you know? Yeah, but it's still, I mean, it's as a, again, as a digital artist, like, what does that actually mean? I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. And I agree with you. I, I just wonder whether or not you, I, I would want to maybe challenge you to justify what you do as, as significant. Like, why is it what you do, good art, human experience? Why is it... Like, until you print it, do you consider what you've done to be worthwhile, good? I mean, I have an answer to that for myself, but I wonder what you would say. <laughs> like, especially yeah. thinking about how, like, everything that you do is sort of abstracted from materiality because it exists well, in the pixelated yeah, world, I mean, you know? is it, though? Again, going back to that point of even a real painting, like, what is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not the thing itself. You know, you don't look at a picture of an apple and say "Mm, that looks like i could like i could eat it i mean you may say that but you can't Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Um, so it's not the thing itself. Right. So what's interesting, though, is that, like, I always wonder with your paintings whether or not, like, where's what's, what's the original file? Like, what's the original, you know, version? Is there an original yeah. version of this? And the answer is probably well, no, back, you know? Yeah, I mean, but going back to, like, the, the, the music... Um, the music on the sheet like what is the music right the music is the experience of it being performed because the performative art uh and so the music is constantly being recreated every time it's performed uh because it's always performed differently um yeah i guess traditionally with visual art it's never recreated it's just is it is there on the canvas, flat on the canvas, you know, um, traditionally, yeah. traditionally, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even with that, like, do you look at, speaking to those layers, do you, and I think we've talked about this before, do you look at the, um, all of the different studies that have gone into that? All of the different mistakes that have gone into that? Well, whenever the, I go to a museum and there's an exhibit of a painting and they have a separate wing with all the sketches, I skip that. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't care about the sketches i just want to see the masterpiece right 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 and for the artist like those sketches are probably even more important because that's the learning process yeah yeah no it's it's fascinating i i don't think we'll ever really get a handle on it because your your digital <laughs> world the whole digital world has opened up a new possibility of human inter interaction yeah. with goodness beauty truth like like beauty and truth like for example Insofar as your paintings are beautiful and insofar as my essays are true, they both exist in a digital through a digital medium. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. my essays are not printed anywhere. Um, like I didn't take ink to paper, um, <laughs> just like you didn't take painting paint to canvas. But insofar as what you've made is beautiful and what I've written is true, it seems to be like we've created something worth experiencing. And maybe that's yeah. maybe that's the difference is that art is that which is worth experiencing. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I do, I do. Again, I do agree with you that this is where we are kind of trailing further and further away from the natural world. And so much as like, yeah, my digital paintings don't have a. Th there's no th thing, for the most part. I mean, I have I have prints. You can buy them, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. So here's a question. It is a weird thing. Here's a question. It is a weird thing. Um, I wonder, going back to the coronavirus for a second, I wonder what you think about, like, what would happen? I'm just going to throw this topic at you. What if <laughs> the internet breaks? Ooh, yeah, that's rough. So I, I read this article. I don't know if I sent it to you. And when I say I read the article, I mean I read the headline. Uh, <laughs> that says something about like the European government governments or like the EU, uh -huh. part, like whatever the government systems are, um, are like lobbying Netflix to not provide HD content. Why? Because they're afraid of breaking the internet. <laughs> I mean... Because so many people are using streaming services because we're all yeah. on lockdown that if we're right. all streaming HD content and streaming at 4K, then what ends up happening is that you end up, you know, saturating the servers and you end up breaking the servers, you end up breaking whatever breaking the internet means, yeah. you know, like you do that. I, 
I wonder if they're underestimating how many people actually live in quarantine situations <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis. You mean gamers? Separate. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so many people out there and not just gamers, just people that are constantly on the internet, constantly streaming, constantly well, sucking up a lot of bandwidth. Well, take that and then multiply it by a total lockdown, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, again, I I wonder what the actual numbers are there. Like, is it a significant uptick increase? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised from, if the answer is yes, and but I also wouldn't be. Surprised. I mean, it may it may very well be. I yeah. also wouldn't be surprised if the government officials are completely out of touch with how the internet works. Um, yeah, that's what I'm wondering because, like, okay, streaming HD content on Netflix, I doubt takes that much, but the kind of stuff that, like, a, like you said, like a gamer or um, even, even, you know, what I was doing this past weekend, producing this video, like uploading all of that stuff, like content creators on YouTube, mm -hmm. I'm sure use up way more bandwidth on a regular basis mm -hmm. than somebody streaming something. Right. Even a lot of people streaming something. Right. I wonder, I have no idea. So I'm anyway, it brings up, up the question point. for me about what would happen if the <laughs> internet broke. Now, yeah. I could have asked you this question a month ago and we could have had an interesting conversation about what life would be like without the internet. But we're currently living through a global pandemic where yeah. schools are suspended and people are yeah. using, you know, classes online. People mm -hmm. are working from home. I what would don't think it would be as bad of a thing as our gut reactions would tell us. It would be hard and it would be a huge adjustment. Um, but I think there is a lot of benefit and a lot of good things that could come from us remembering who we are <laughs> as relational beings. Um, you know, the internet is a very new thing in the grand scheme of things. The way we do things are, are very recent. Mm -hmm. And we did pretty well before them. <laughs> right, right. We did. The hard thing is that we, is that we can't. We did so well that we invented the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but we have no idea um, what to do in the absence of it. Which is which is scary, you know? And we were talking a little bit the other day about the Sunday experience for people that go to church. And now that they can't go to church, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. When, you know, you look at all of the wider... I sent you this quote that said, you know, if we just look at the Eucharist as the Sunday experience, then... We're eating the main course, which is pretty darn good. Don't get me wrong, but we're missing the feast. Which is a like multi-course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so if we're only seeing our lives as digital beings, then we're missing the feast. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, that's a big part of who we are now, and you can't, we can't undo that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we're so much more. And I don't know that we are really looking at that because it's scary. It's so, at this point a little unknown. Well, it's terribly unknown. And see, here's the thing. So like if there was no internet, you and I would never ever talk ever. Like there'd be no yeah. way for you and I to talk. I'd have to buy a calling right. card to call you, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't even know if calling cards require the internet. Hell if I know. <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, it's just, it, there would be a huge adjustment, but I think there's just something interesting about like, that would be like, we talk about being in crisis and we are, and people are suffering and people are dying. I think that would be like, that would be the safety net as well. Yeah. Because... I mean, imagine if we were talking the other day about the home church. Like, imagine if families actually started... Like, if parents actually started 
being the primary educators for their children. Mm-hmm. And we started doing things together and we started working together and we started like all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. So anyway, so for me, it was just kind of interesting to think about is that that's a big safety net that's riding right underneath that's keeping us afloat because our banking system, our government systems, our communication structures, everything depends yeah. on it. And if the internet... Are you saying we need to rewatch Fight Club? <laughs> that might not be good. That might be good homework for us to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have a lot of free time coming up soon. So that's right. Cool, man. I'm due for another BVS watch, actually. Done. Hey, I gotta leave you because I gotta I gotta run. But uh, we'll All right. we'll do another check in uh, maybe next week on quarantine. Yeah, yeah, we should do this regularly. All right, man, sounds good. All right, peace. See ya.